Hey y'all, this is Byron. I uh, just want to put something out there. Yes, I am a mental health therapist. And yes, my couch is quite comfortable. However, if you're listening to this podcast, it is not a substitute for a therapeutic relationship with a certified or licensed mental health therapist. So though I appreciate you taking the time out to listen to me and hopefully gain some information and insight about what's going on with you from listening to this podcast, Take the time to seek out mental health resources in your area if you so need to. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. control one night. You waited for me? Yeah. I, uh... I didn't like the way we ended things. Me neither. And... I don't know. I just feel... like I'm fucking everything up right now. Well, you come to the right place. some young white couple really happy someday. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if we'll get so nice. I know, right? Raising the rent and shit. (laughs) Is that where you're moving out? Yeah. I mean, one reason. Yeah. Look, I'm sorry. Oh my God, please don't apologize. Just give me a second. Let me finish, please. I've been thinking about how sometimes I set these expectations for myself and I just shut down if they don't go how I 
just, uh, I'm sorry for not being who you expected me to be. Who I expected me to be. Lawrence, I want it to be better for you because of you. But somewhere along the way, I depended on you to be better for both of us. And when you were going through what you were going through, I just didn't know how to handle it. Yeah, I mean, what could you have done, though? More? No, that's when you needed me to be better for the both of us. And I didn't even know how to do that for myself. That makes two of us. And you know what I did? You don't have to go to that. It was the worst thing I could have ever done to you. And I wish I could somehow convince you that it wasn't about you. You've only ever loved me and expected me to want the best for you, and I promise I did. I still do. Lawrence, I still love you so much. Sisters, how y'all feel? Brothers, y'all all right? My non-binary people out here, y'all doing okay? Protecting y'all mental, y'all mentals and y'all chicken. We back once again, y'all here on the Captain's Couch. I am your host, Byron Taylor. It is again another week. We are here amid the coronavirus. Um, hopefully everyone is doing their best to social distance or quarantine if you need to. Or, you know, trying to stay as normal as things typically would be. Protecting yourself as much as you possibly can. Washing your hands if you're still out on the grind working on a normal, normal day-to-day like your boy. Um, yeah, protecting yourself like you need to. Hopefully, y'all got your essentials. Um, I'm at to find some bread at some point. Um, but we're back here on the couch. Um, thank you all so much for checking in last week's episode we discussed um, a little bit about the coronavirus um, how you can protect yourself and how it can be difficult for people who are dealing with things like panic disorder and for people who deal with uh, obsessive compulsive disorder Um, so 
you'll have to excuse my voice this week. Um, I'm dealing with seasonal allergies. Um, yeah, it's it's that time of year down here, and it's kicking my butt. Um, yeah, it's kicking my butt down here today. Um, yeah, what had had just been a cough and some post nasal drip has turned into a cough with a little bit of sinus pressure and a runny nose. So, shout out to Flow Nays because I got back on that regimen yesterday to help out. Um, but yeah, so thank you all so much for listening to the show, and we're going to get into a topic today where that may have just maybe helped out and may have prevented Lawrence and Issa from breaking up. Um, had they done some of these things. So, but we're here on the couch and checking again this week. No new five-star reviews. So, um, in lieu of sad music, I'm going to hit you with um, the joint that I just heard because I played that scene from Insecure from season two um, at the beginning of the show. So, Amazon, play Blessed by Daniel Caesar. Blessed by Daniel Caesar from Tidal. Yeah, that uh that dream montage that Issa has um when Lawrence leaves of their future that is now not going to happen. Yeah, that that still kind of hits me in the feels. Um cuz I've had to do that, you know. I've had to mourn a life that was supposed to be that is no more. But, you know, like we talked about before, starting over isn't always terrible because you can start with a brand new, brighter beginning. But that is also aside from the point that uh, I ain't got no five-star reviews in a couple of months, guys. Hook your boy up. I know some of y'all at home trying to avoid doing work, trying to avoid your kids, and you have an iPhone. So hop on that purple icon, search for the captain's couch, or pull up the show page from your library and leave me a five-star review. I appreciate you greatly. You are good people. I will say nice things about you and your family if I know them. Amazon, stop playing. So, this week on the couch, we are going to talk about, because we're kind of holed up, some of you guys are social distancing with your significant other, your wife, your husband your partner whatever your situation may be you might be social distancing with this person or you might be quarantined with this person so you might need to do some talking because you know you're in a relationship and relationships need constant communication and they need constant maintenance so what we're going to talk about today are some const or some common relationship myths and some myths in relationships in general as well as communication myths and why conflict is actually healthy for relationships um that is a lesson for me that i'm still learning is the idea of conflict being a normal and healthy thing in relationships as as a couple you are allowed to disagree with each other and that is something for me that i'm still learning is a normal and natural thing um 
especially because there's a lot of fear behind the idea of disagreeing with your partner for me, um, that it can be hard and you almost get into a situation where you're acquiescing to the other person's um, feelings and opinions because you're worried about the idea of upsetting them when you do um, disagree with them. But that's a normal thing to disagree with someone. So let's start off by looking at common relationship myths. And I think Lawrence and Issa probably have a couple of these in here that might have doomed them from where we see them at the beginning of the show to where we're at now in season four, where Lawrence is dating somebody who is a client now of Issa's and now things are getting real messy and murky because Issa is, yeah, she's an awkward person. So we're looking at relationships and what are common themes in relationships. So when we look into, when we get into relationships, we get into them with certain beliefs about what good ones are supposed to look like and how they're supposed to feel and how you're supposed to feel in it when you're in one. So not every relationship is the same. Um, so what are some common themes and myths about relationships? So, this is an article from Psychology Today where they list off 10 common themes and then they kind of rate it from a scale of one to 10 about um, how accurate they are, where a 10 is being that they're mildly accurate. Now, it says spoiler warning. There are no 10s in this um, in this article. So. Where one is like, yeah, that ain't true at all. And 10 is, yeah, that's kind of mildly, that's kind of mildly inaccurate. So number one, if the relationship was meant to be, it'll just work out. That is not true at all. Um, it's accuracy rating of two, which means definitely not much true to it. Relationships are like ships. They need to be steered. Um, where... Lawrence and Issa kind of failed is that they got in a place where the ship had kind of not necessarily taken on water, but it had stopped really moving. Um, They kind of had gotten to this rut where the ship, nobody was really captaining the ship. I think Issa was kind of expecting Lawrence to do it when Lawrence wasn't necessarily in a position to do it. But also Issa was not taking up the charge to do it herself, which is kind of what she talked about in the beginning of the clip is that, you know, I expected you to be better for both of us when I probably should have done more or been better for both of us. But I didn't even really know how to do that for myself, which neither one of them really did at the point that we find them is that they didn't really know either how to steer their own ship let alone the collective ship with both of them together. They didn't know how to steer their own little small boat, let alone steer the vessel of their relationship. So relationships need to be steered. Um, you can just let the tide take you out wherever, but when you crash or sink, don't conclude the relationship was quote, wasn't was quote unquote meant to be. It was a mutual, it was your mutual passivity and lack of effort that doomed it. Ooh. And that's what we hit with Lawrence and Issa is the mutual passivity and the lack of effort that doomed their relationship. Number two, avoiding voicing displeasure early on. So this one is a four. 
It says it is usually inaccurate, but it depends on one's communication skills. So the first stage of your relationship sets future expectations about the roles each of you play, your um, initiative levels, your communication styles and other relationship dynamics. If your partner is late to most dates, even by a little and you say nothing, your message is you'll be okay with their lateness going forward. If you're not okay, then you need to speak up. Or even on a second, even if it's on the second date. And even if by voicing your opinion means that you have a milder and milder constructive uh comment, you know, hey, you know, I really appreciate it. And it would show that you kind of care about this whole situation a little bit more if you were on time. You know, I would appreciate it more and it would show me that you're really interested in the time you're spending with me so number three that is rated a five couples should have sex x amount of times a month week or day one of the most common causes of sexual dissatisfaction for couples is faulty expectations if you think you should have sex three times a week and you're only having it once you might be conceived you might be convinced that something may be wrong um and frequency of sex depends on a lot of different factors. Sex drive of both partners and even more than anything on the actual circumstances and opportunity. So um, if you think you're not having enough sex, check with your friends to see how often. Wait, wait, checking with your friends to see how often they have it is meaningless and it's pointless. Discuss it with your partner directly if you feel like you are not engaging in sex either for what you feel like is enough of your, for yourself or even gauging your partner and seeing if they feel like they are getting enough and discuss it and have conversations and figure out if things need to be tweaked or managed or fixed in a way so that you're having more sex. Um, but the main thing we have to focus on is sex drive of both partners and actual circumstances and opportunity in which you have sex. So, I mean, I can say I want to have sex three times a week right now in my relationship, but how realistic is that when we're 1500 miles apart? It's not realistic at all. So communicating and understanding the circumstances and the opportunities that are made available for you can really help with this one. Number four, um, he or she knows exactly what she what they did to upset me. Um, telepathy does not exist in relationships, no matter how long you are with that person. I was married for a really long time. Reading that woman's mind was not a skill that I ever that I ever learned how to do. Um, yes, your partner can probably tell you you are tell you are upset, but. You've probably done a thousand things to upset them over the past few over the past years. So figuring out which one is the culprit this time might be a risky proposition. Don't stew and wait for them to confess. Just tell them why you're upset and you'll save time and aggravation for both of you. Communication is vital. Just talk. I know when we look at Lawrence and Issa, for those of us who have watched Insecure, and for those of you who didn't, so here's the synopsis. So Issa works at a nonprofit. Lawrence is 
a IT guy who was trying to get this app that he has an idea for off the ground. Now, he has struggled to do that for several years now. Um, he's getting unemployment and earning or bringing in some money through unemployment. And Issa works for a nonprofit who doesn't pay super great, but it's enough to cover the bills and they share an apartment together in um, Inglewood, California, called the Dunes. So the relationship essentially breaks down because Issa does not feel as though Lawrence is putting in enough effort to work or enough effort into the relationship. But she never really fully addresses those issues with him directly. She kind of avoids them. And that's where the breakdown of the relationship happens, where when she does try to actually address the issues, she does it in a passive aggressive way. And it doesn't sit well with them. And more things ensue. Issa cheats. Um, and then just the whole thing explodes. But if you've never seen Insecure and you're stuck at home, HBO Go is your friend. Get three seasons, I think. 12 episodes, you got like 36 episodes at 30 minutes each, you're welcome. Number five, having a baby will solve our problems. You know how many children have been bought, have been brought into this world in an effort to try to save relationships that were not gonna make it. Having a baby is awesome, but if you're already having problems, you should deal with them directly and not expect the baby to make them disappear. Marital satisfaction almost always dips after the birth of the of a couple's first child. Take into account when you are doing family planning. That one's a three. Um, it says, at least at first, a baby is going to marginalize the relationship and introduce a lot of added stress. Number six, if you are truly happy with your partner, you shouldn't need to be close to anyone else. This is a red flag. If your partner believes this, this is a humongous red flag. Even if the person that you are close to is of the opposite sex, you can still be platonic friends with that person and have clear cut boundaries as far as your relationship with that person. Even if you have somewhat of a, a marred past, and I know I may be speaking for myself, but you're maintaining boundaries and you're maintaining the the sanctity of your relationship then i think you're good but unless you are a massively codependent assuming or asserting that your partner is not allowed to have any other people that they are close to you close to other than them is an attempt to control that person or is a sheer ignorance um about the idea of friendship and community when it comes to us as human beings, um, this is a four it's accuracy rating of four. And it says there is a minority of couples who are indeed happy this way. But for most of us, this is completely false. Number seven, couples in good relationships don't argue. And this is one that I'm still learning and not so much even argue, but it's disagree. One of the most consistent and established research findings in all of psychology is that what matters is not if couple couples argue, but how they argue. Productive arguments are those that avoid escalation and result in resolutions, problem solving and mutually mutually agree takeaways from dealing with similar situations. 
more productively in the future. So I think I read that completely wrong in my brain, but they have mutually agreed takeaways that will allow you to deal with similar situations in the future. Most couples should learn how to argue productively and practice these relevant skills. So conflict's not bad. Conflict is a normal thing. And we'll get on we'll get into healthy conflict towards the end of the show. Um never go to bed angry is number eight. And this has an accuracy rating of four. Um so yeah, it is realistic to be able. I mean, it is it so is it really realistic to be able to, you know, say it's already past midnight. Um you got to get the kids up in the morning, next morning, whatever, whatever, that we shouldn't go to bed upset. So what you can do is agree never to go to bed without at least deciding when to continue the discussion or the argument. In addition, some people actually need to cool down before they continue a productive discussion. So taking a break can sometimes actually be a wise thing. And if you are ever in a relationship where cooling down, having a cool down, being able to walk away or being able to take a break in the middle of an argument that may get heated is not allowed. That is not the relationship for you. Get out. That is not a good sign. If you uh, if your partner does not allow you the opportunity or the space to be like, yo, I'm getting upset. I don't really like this space right now. Let me go cool off for a minute and we can continue this conversation. If that person escalates when you try to leave or walk away from the situation, get out. That is not going to be a healthy situation for you. Um, Number nine, you should love to learn your partner's worst qualities. Yeah, nah. mm -mm. So, um. There's an article that somebody put out. Maybe I'll go over it one day is um, 50 most common marital pet peeves. Um, Some people's habits can be slightly disgusting and impossible to love. So the good thing about this is, is loving your partner's poor qualities and habits is not necessarily. Instead, simply accept them and learn how to shrug them off and minimize their importance. Or, you know directly address them if they are an issue for you that's also a thing and the last one good relationships don't require work so just like the adage of um steering the boat this is the same so even in good relationships you are working to merge your own life your needs your wants your desires your dreams your hopes all along with somebody else's um, they can change and shift over time and they can also respond. They can also change due to circumstances that take place when you marry somebody. Um, so things can be complicated. And even in the most healthy of relationships, when you're starting your life together, even years down the road, as different phases of life happen, there will be some work that needs to be put in for your relationship so um how much work it actually takes might ebb and flow but expect to invest in tension and work even in the best of times so in the best of times your relationship still needs some work 
In the worst of times, your relationship is going to need a lot of attention and work. So even the best of relationships need work. And Lawrence and Issa needed a lot of work. So let's look at. So we're looking at 10 communication myths in relationships. So myth number one, if my partner really loved me and cared about me, he or she would instinctively know how I feel and what I want and need to be happy in our relationship. Nope. That is my that is my reading. No. Communicate your needs and your feelings. Right. Um, so it says if there's something that you've never done, it can be quite scary. So if this is something that you've never done, it can be quite scary and awkward and it takes a lot of practice. The rewards, however, can open up a whole new avenue of intimacy in your relationship, deepening the connection between the two people. It is much more satisfying than sitting around and hoping that someone will eventually realize what it is that you need um, and what most importantly you and most importantly, how you feel. Um, next, people who really love each other should automatically communicate well. No, everybody, it takes effort and it takes, you know, a lot of practice to really communicate well with someone, even if you have the best of chemistry. Good communication does not come naturally for most people. In fact, many of us learn very unhealthy ways to communicate from various role models in our lives and continue to communicate in unhealthy ways because it is all we know. Healthy communication actually takes great understanding and insight into your own issues, knowing your background and your history, how you are, how you are, how are you, how you are the way you are, including your quote unquote hot spots or your blind spots. Even learning how to communicate in an open and healthy way is an essential component to growth. You know what that is? Growth. Shout out to my insecure fan. Shout out to Kelly. She's the best. Um, it takes dedication and work to change those things. So number three is if my partner and I can just make more time to talk about our problems, it'll solve all of our communication. I mean, all of our relationship issues. So the article here, and this is from imaginehopecounseling.com. So the article here says, oops, sorry, hit the mic. Um, that there are a few things wrong with this statement. First is though increasing uh, communication and relationship is imperative. It is the only thing. It isn't the only thing that you need in order to improve the relationship. Um, more of our unhealthy communication only makes matters worse. If each individual isn't aware of their unhealthy of the unhealthy ways that they communicate with each other. Um, it can become a circular pattern of never ending conflict and pain. Next, if we communicate, I mean, next, how we communicate is more significant than how much. Um, the amount of time we spend talking isn't nearly as important as the relationship. It isn't nearly as important as the quality of how people communicate. We call this the process or how the communication feels. So if you're listening or if you're, you're talking to your significant other, think about how the communication between the two of you feels when you are dealing with conflict in the situation. So look for how it feels in these ways. 
does it feel disconnected? Is there blaming? Focused on surface things? Are you both interrupting each other? Are you saying the word yes, but all the other nonverbal cues are saying no? Are you both individually sharing equally or is one person talking and the other person is silent? Is one person becoming defensive or reactive or making excuses? Does one person share how they're feeling and the other person retreats and distances? Are both people screaming at the top of their lungs and neither person is hearing the other? These are common dysfunctional communication tactics. So pay attention to see if those things are happening in the styles of communication that you're going through or that you're utilizing. If those things are often shown in the style of communication, even if you all are trying to talk a bunch about your issues, then you might need to take a stop at your next at your nearest couples counseling, because these are issues that you need to work through. Number four, we went over a little bit. Couples with healthy communication rarely fight. We went over that before. Conflict is a thing. Healthy couples with healthy communication fight, but they fight fairly. Number five, people with good communication skills are able to settle arguments where they agree with each other. So like we talked about that compromise or being able to agree or disagree or being able to take away something from the situation that you may can apply later on down the road. Um, Healthy relationships mean working towards a place where each person feels like the situation is win win, which sometimes means that they don't agree, but each person feels as though they are respected from their own point of view. Number six, our problems are so serious, we just can't communicate with each other anymore. So everyone can communicate in a healthy way if they make the choice to do so. Okay, uh, stated in number two, and myth number two, healthy and effective communication doesn't come naturally. It takes time, insight into your own personality, your history, and your issues. And yeah, not, as I said, in myth, and myth number seven says this, you cannot, you cannot not communicate. You can't just not talk to each other, all right? The most important the myth number seven is the most important aspect of communication in our relationship is our verbal language. I can't tell you how often I got yelled at for my body language or my tone or um my facial expressions. Now, yeah, my face is extremely expressive and I don't really have a good poker face, but much of our most important communication occurs in nonverbal languages, including gestures, tone, facial expressions, conceptions, rules of time and space. Um, most often than not, the most significant communication rules are unspoken. That may explain why you feel so betrayed when those rules are broken. Um the unspoken part of our language is equally as important as the spoken and can communicate a lot of things. Um, studies from communication and anthropology show that when people different people from different cultures make each other uncomfortable, it's not the language barrier which is the problem. Rather, it is the languages of space, 
time, order, and other nonverbal communication messages that cause that. So number eight for healthy communication and relationship, both people should be open and willing to communicate about issues immediately whenever the issues arise. So sometimes these conversations need to take, take a little time to develop and that's perfectly okay. So yeah, it's important to talk about issues as they come up, but it's not realistic more often than not to just drop everything that you're doing and talk about something immediately. Um, but what we don't want to do is sweep them under the rug. Um, it is important to be respectful of others' need for time and space before jumping right into the dialogue about thoughts, feelings, and needs. And when you're in a relationship, certain differences are bound to exist. Um, you know, so it is natural. It is healthy. It's unavoidable sometimes. So therapy is something that actually can help, you know, people learn to negotiate When's the best time to communicate effectively in the relationship's best interest? Um, number nine, if I communicate my needs to my partner, he and she should respect and love me enough to be able to meet that need. So here's the thing. Each person in your relationship has limitations and they have differing, differing needs. So just because your partner isn't able to meet every single physical or emotional need you present doesn't mean that that is an indication that their love or respect is not there for you. Uh, couples with he healthy communication are able to recognize and respect somebody's limitations and to clearly ask what they need and to balance getting their needs met in a healthy way, both within and with and outside of the relationship. And lastly, the last myth of this page is healthy communication in my relationship shouldn't be painful. We talked about this before. Healthy communication takes a lot of effort and a lot of work. And even for somebody like me as a mental health professional, as much as I think I communicate healthy, healthily and healthy ways, there are still things that I need to learn about, you know, how to communicate in some ways. And there are still some ways that I need to learn about dynamics and relationships. And that's perfectly OK. Um, sometimes healthy communication means hurting feelings, which is inevitable. It can, however, however, deepen the trust and commitment to your relationship um, and promote intimacy and lasting connections if done in a healthy way. So. We are nearing the end of the podcast. Now, I will say that healthy communication would have probably helped Lawrence and Issa out if Issa was able to better communicate what she needed from Lawrence. And if Lawrence were better able to communicate what he needed from Issa, I think their relationship, even if it would have hurt feelings for, for you know, Issa's standpoint, when she did say, hey, you know, maybe it's kind of time to you know, try something different and let woo, woo go. She wasn't wrong because Lawrence did finally come to that realization, but the way she approached it wasn't exactly the best way to do it when she did tell him initially. But I mean, it did take him a little bit more time of him reflecting on it. And he was able, he did make the decision of like, okay, I think it may be time to, to let this go. Um, but it took him a while to get to that point. So 
we are going to go over the last part of the, the show for today. And that is why conflict is healthy for relationships. So there are three things that we need to know about communicating consciously in conflict. This is from um, Dr. Elizabeth Dorrance, and this is from Psychology Today. Um, so there are three important things that we need to know and understand when it comes to conflict and discussing what conflict is in relationships. So um, she says in the article, um, a large amount of research and communication field has focused on conflict since it is such an important and unavoidable part of being in close relationships for fortunately that research has determined that conflict can be quite healthy for relationships so i described three things that you need to know about conflicts and relationships to harness the good that can come from the disagreement and i mean admittedly with the coronavirus going on right now i wanted to because i know active service is one of my things one of my love languages, but it's also one of those things that I often overextend myself in that regard. And it's something that I'm still kind of learning about myself. I wanted to try to find a way to make up for, you know, the coronavirus happening and to be able to spend time with the boo for her birthday this past weekend. So I, um, I volunteered to try to fly to the, to Detroit to spend time with her since she wouldn't be able to come to new Orleans. But, you know, the conversation, the conflict arose of me willing to and willing, wanting to and being willing to do it, you know, for a short, short stay or whatever, just so I could help celebrate her birthday and not really worrying about, OK, can I get sick on the flight? You know, I have to worry about if I get sick, then if, if I give it to her, maybe she gets her mom sick. Maybe I get an hour sick and hour gets her mother sick. And that's not a very good proposition if that happens. Um, you know, so listening and talking to her, the conflict of me wanting to come and the conflict of her being like, I understand and I'm bummed out because it's my birthday and I really wanted to do this, but let's also be cautious here. So, you know, it, I was not very happy, you know, and, you know, one thing that kind of threw me off was when she said that, I know you feel like I'm overreacting. And every bit of me wanted to say, no, I don't think you are. But I know even from what I was saying, that definitely was kind of the idea was, yeah, I know we're probably not going to get sick. And even if we did, I think we'd be OK. But let's do this anyway. Let's throw a caution to the wind or whatever. So what my words were saying probably really did truly convey what my actual thought process was. But. She hit me with something of like, hey, you know, and I apologize. I'm like, I apologize because maybe I do feel like I think you are, but I don't want to say that and you be mad at me. But, you know, she she said something to me. It was we're allowed to argue. I mean, we're allowed to not always agree. You know, we're not going to always agree about things. I mean, hell, I love sports and she really doesn't, you know. And that's okay. You know, it's okay if we disagree. It's just, you know, are we communicating and listening to each other when we do? So, um, conflict, why is good for relationships and how to get the good out of conflict and relationships? And I want to perhaps the reason why conflict is healthy for relationships is 
Conflict signals a need for change for both parties. Conflict provides an opportunity for making change if both parties are up to it. Conflict gives you a chance to work on your problems in your relationship. Number two, conflict shows you and your partner that your lives are interdependent. If they weren't and you were, you know, then you wouldn't experience conflict as conflict only comes when two people live their lives interdependently. Um, the whole goal, whole goals that conflict with one another. So, you know, in this case, I mean, we are slowly there, you know, working in this kind of space. But I mean, we're in a relationship together. So there are parts of our life that are interdependent of each other. That being we got to travel. One of us has to travel in order to see the other one. And that's something we have to agree upon. And in this case, we didn't agree on it. I wanted to come. She didn't want me to. Because um, the, you know, Corona. Um, so civil conflict isn't necessarily going to tear apart your relationship. But, you know, when you're interdependent, our goal, you know, our goals and how we choose our time can sometimes coincide or, co or conflict with each other. Number three. Conflict is almost never about what it seems to be about on the surface. So say, for instance, your partner doesn't take out the trash. Oh, so let me give you a good example. So remember the movie, The Breakup. Remember the whole argument of I want you to want to do the dishes. That was not what that argument was about at all. And, you know, it plays out as the, as the movie goes on. Right. So it's probably something much deeper. And in that situation, it was I think she wanted to know that there was going to be a commitment into the relationship from his part that over time that there was going to be um, a commitment. So what it really signals more than anything is that you're really upset because your partner's actions indicate that they don't really respect your time and the effort you make to keep the house clean so searching for deeper reasons for conflict is an important step in improving your relationship um, it's not easily done in the heat of the moment but if you take a take a second and let yourself cool down we operate more rationally when we're calm and collected um, when we're fired up and angry you tend to say and do things that you might regret so like if we think about um, actually, if we even think about Insecure, where um, Issa said something really passive aggressive to Lawrence, and I forgot exactly what what she said. I forgot exactly what she said to him in season one, but she said something like mad passive aggressive towards him, and Lawrence was like, "Wait, what?" Now it was Issa's way of trying to express her displeasure about how the relationship was going, but it wasn't done in a healthy way, and it actually caused more unhealthy conflict than it did conflict that helped resolve their issues um conflict is a great example of how our thoughts and then our communication are influenced by our emotions when we search for deeper reasons for conflict you can address the issues in your relationship rather than focusing on surface issues addressing those core issues can be healthy outcome of conflict
Conscious communication allows us to take a step back, realize, reanalyze the situation as an outsider and come back to the table to hash out what is really going on between the two of us. So we must learn to reach deeper into our motivations and concerns of each person in the relationship. If your partner is unwilling to reach deeper with you, at least reach within yourself. So maybe we don't try to blame, you know, the other person and forget about what you may think about a person and get to know them again. Even ask your partner, ask questions about why they're upset and why they think you could address their concerns. Be open to their suggestions and set aside your pride. Resist the temptation to throw back blame at them. Make the decision to work on yourself instead. So we got a little things to think about. And we will come back. Actually, you know what? I think we'll do one more episode about healthy conflict because I see a couple articles that popped up at the end of this one that I think I want to cover next week is seven ways to make conflict healthy and seven guidelines to help couples manage conflict. So I think we'll come back to those next week and we'll keep kind of going on this because we might be stuck at home with each other for a little while. And maybe we got some things we need to kind of sit down and discuss and to help kind of make our relationships work a little bit more smoothly. So with that being said, thank you all so much for listening to the captain's couch. Leave a five star review, please. Baby, I'm begging, begging you, begging, begging, baby. Please leave five-star reviews on iTunes, uh, five-star reviews on Stitcher Radio. If you listen to the show on there, um, send feedback, send your boy a tweet. I appreciate everybody's retweets and dropping dimes and letting me know that you're listening to the podcast. Um, I greatly appreciate that when I see that every every week. Uh, shout, out, shout out to the homie, uh, Boy Marion. Um out here who who drops the you know the retweet every week uh whenever he clicks the clicks on the pod so i appreciate you bro um so yeah thank you all so much for checking in with the couch be safe out there take care of your mentals take care of your chicken if you're still out here working if not then let's reach out and try to get the assistance that we need um keep the pressure on your your congresswoman or your senator to get shit done for the people not just the big wigs and the big corporations out there we all need help getting through this even us folks who still working on the grind we gonna need some time off when this is over with because this is a lot going on so protect your mentals and protect your chicken um and we'll be back next week um to continue the discussion on healthy conflict all right see you guys peace Congregation, would you turn your text to the book about cast? Chapter 2, verse 1, the first one to feel me. Jump up and make a joyful noise, use our cast it. Meaning, now you have a choice like that. Don't you